millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. World Soccer Talk Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea. It is a pleasure and a privilege to welcome in a Liverpool football club legend, a six-time league champion, a three-time European Cup winner. He played with the side from 1975 to 1983. His new autobiography is entitled Super Sub, the story of football's most famous number 12. David Fairclough, thank you so much for joining us, sir. It's pleasure. Thank you very much for asking. So, uh, please tell us a little bit uh, about this new autobiography. Well, it's something that uh, has probably taken an awful long time to come about. It um, maybe uh, I had had an idea to to do an autobiography not long after I retired, but one of those things that you put off. Uh, life changes a, a little bit, and perhaps uh, you lose that momentum and. Um, and then just talking over the last couple of years with, with the, you know, various friends and a couple of people in the media, they felt that there was still a good story to tell. And maybe my name was still, um, you know, high profile to perhaps, um, put it together and then publish it and let's see, let's see how, how people uh, take to it really. Now, uh, within the book, you, you talk about something and I've, I've heard you talk about this in, in various other interviews and conversations over the years. The term super sub, it's a moniker that you both cherished, loved, and also kind of loathed at times in your career, and many times simultaneously loved and loathed that moniker. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it was something that was given to me as a very young uh, player in in, in the team, and um, it was given to me in a, in a positive sense, and uh, it was something that I thought was was fantastic because it, you know it, it created headlines. It go with the period that I was playing at. And I was playing at the time. I was enjoying some success and um, and, and uh, scoring goals in dramatic situations. So so it, it was great as a young as a young man. But then I had to win a place in the team and um, and sort of prove to people that more than just an impact player who can come on and change games in the last 15 minutes or so, then uh, you know, I felt that it was a hindrance and a kind of pigeonholed me, you know, and um, people t- look at me and say, no, he- he's only suitable for this type of 
uh, in, in the team. So I, I felt that it held me back in, 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 those, uh, in those times. And it, be, it became a hindrance, that, that's for sure. I never thought that all these years later that it would be sort of my, uh, my nickname and how people remember me. And, and obviously it is with affection. It, it's, it's a, you know, anything with the word super on it can't be all that bad. <laughs> so, um, I, I think that, um, now in, now in, 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 in the fullness of time, when you consider how much success the club have, has had over, you know, such a big long period that, uh, the fact that I'm remembered in, in a vein, I'm, I'm grateful for it now. A lot of people, Try and create nicknames, try and create identities and, and monikers, and uh, this one was given to me. And I don't think uh, the gentleman who initially created it thought that perhaps it would be uh, sort of staple uh, now in, in, in all manners of sports. Really, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's used every every week um, when when people are talking about a sport these days. I, I seem to find. Now, your first team career with Liverpool started in 1975, and, and what's interesting on a historical level is that only 10 years prior, literally one decade prior, substitutions were introduced uh, to English football. I mean, talk about that a little bit as far as the, the timing of how your career kind of took its form, and even within that term, super sub, how, you know, 10 years prior, substitutions weren't even a thing. It was if, if you lost a player due to injury, you played with 10. Yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously, oh, football teams in in earlier times had, had major had major problems. There are, there are great there are great stories of how players down the years have, have carried on with with you know broken necks, um, being concussed and broken legs and all these things. And um, you know, some guys were probably braver than they perhaps should have been, but um, ultimately. The substitute role was introduced. Initially, Bill Shankly, who was the manager of Liverpool at the time, didn't like the introduction of substitutes and basically had an unwritten rule that he he wouldn't use a unless it was really necessary because he he had this great faith in his team. He chose 11 players and basically he felt that they were the guys who were going to do the job. So he was very reluctant to, to use substitutes. But, you know, time moved on a little bit. Bob Paisley had a, had a different, a different attitude of, um, of using the 12th man. And with me coming into a team which had, at the time, three great forwards, Kevin Keegan, John Toshak, Stevie Highway. I was a young, a young player. I played in, in the forward positions. So it was always going to be very difficult to dislodge one of those guys sort of very quickly. So I was just really, given that opportunity, try and make a little bit of an impact. And, um, you know, it, it was great at the time. It, it, was, it was a fantastic learning opportunity to be around really great players. Well, we'll talk a little bit later here in the program about the great Bill Shankly and uh, the great Bob Paisley as well and that glorious time of the uh, late 70s and early 80s at Anfield for Liverpool Football Club. I want to talk to you a little bit more real quick about the creation of this autobiography. It was a, a collaboration with journalist uh, Mark Platt. And uh, talk about what, what, what that was like working as a bit of a duo uh, for this book. Yeah, well, Mark is a good friend of mine, and um, he knew... Um, he knew that I had a, a little bit of a, an itch to, to do an autobiography, but, um, he'd, he'd done a couple of books in the, in the last, uh, in the last few years. And, um, 
I'd been approached by certain people who wanted to to um, help me write the autobiography. Some people wanted it. One person suggested writing it kind of thing in the, in the third person, which I never really wanted to do. So it was really finding the right person to uh, who I could work with. Uh, I'd, I'd been to college and I'd studied doing writing myself. So I felt I was perhaps capable of writing a book on my own, but I did need somebody really hold my hand a little bit to sort of <laughs> to collaborate, put ideas together. And, and between us, we, we had a, a sort of a, it was kind of, I think it was a slow process really, but I think it was quite um, in, in depth and because and of, I think because the two of us were working at it at the same time, I think it was quite, um, it, it's come out better for that. You know, I can actually see that, that as it was building, you know, I, I, I was with it all the, all the way, you know, things were going back and forth between us and we were meeting uh, regularly. So um, it, it was a good way to do it, I think. Well, David, we got uh, under two minutes before we got to head to break. And one of the last things I want to ask you here in the segment about the creation of the book is some of your best experiences uh, in, in the creative process. What do you, when you kind of look back now that this thing has, has finally been finished, uh, what, what do you remember most about the, uh, the experiences of, of creating this thing with Mark Platt? The emotion, I think, um, bringing back so many memories of, uh, of the time and, um, you know, really sort of, because you can't write about everything, it's really highlighting the things that were meaningful and the, the people who really did make an impression on me. And, uh, there were some really emotional moments that I went through and perhaps I've, I've held them back a lot, you know, too much really over a long period of time. It was, a, it was an opportunity to, to perhaps get it off my chest. Stories that, and, and uh, moments that people have never heard about before and, and things that perhaps people down the years have said to me, you know, why did this happen or why did you, you know, why were we there so long and you didn't, this didn't uh, go your way and all those type of things. I was always reluctant really to open up and, and actually tell, you know, to tell it in depth. And, uh, and so, so I've done that and I had a couple of emotional moments throughout my life with the, with the loss of my father and my wife and, um, you know, so it has been sort of, uh, it was difficult at, at, at times, but um, therapeutic, I suppose, I suppose. David Fairclough is with us here on World Soccer Talk Radio. The man is Liverpool, born and raised. He was a boyhood, played with his boyhood club. And we're going to talk about Liverpool Football Club then and now on the other side of this break. Talk about Bill Shankly. Talk about Bob Paisley. Talk about those European nights at Anfield. We're taking a trip back to 1977 and talking St. Etienne, and then we'll bring it right back in to 2015. We're back after this on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Nate Abarea and David Fairclough right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for. FreeSoccerTrial.com With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com 
and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Are you sick and tired of cable and satellite prices going up and up and up? If you're a sports fan like me, one of the main reasons you're keeping your TV subscription is to watch ESPN. But did you know that you can cut the cord, cancel your TV subscription, and watch ESPN live and legally on your computer, tablet, Roku, or phone and save a ton of money? With a subscription to Sling TV, you can watch all the ESPN, ESPN2, TNT, TBS, and AMC that you want. Plus, you also get the SEC Network, ESPN Bases Loaded, ESPN Buzzer Beater, Univision, and much more. From Sports Center to Hoops, Sling TV has got the best in live sports action and commentary. And today you can get a free seven-day trial to Sling TV just by going to SlingMyTV.com. Again, to get a seven-day free trial to Sling TV, go to SlingMyTV.com today. That's SlingMyTV.com. See the world's best matches live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to Go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. Are you tired of network announcers who are clearly pulling for the other team? Check out Rabble.tv, a new kind of television experience where you are in control of the audio. Rabble.tv allows users like you to broadcast your insights and opinions about sports and entertainment, free from the restraint of network predictability. Rabblers are creating a fresh new type of audio entertainment. Mute your TV and do your own play-by-play, provide running commentary, or just banter with your buddies. Or you can listen to other fans who love your team as much as you do. It's live. It's new. It's well. Rebel.tv. Nate Abarea back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Twitter at World Soccer Talk. Tweet me with the love mail and the hate mail at Nate WST. David Fairclough is with us here in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio, talking all about his new autobiography, Super Sub, the story of football's most famous number 12. Now, we went to break talking about this, and, and we chatted a little bit uh, over, over the break about it as well. You were Liverpool through and through. You, you are a scouser, and you, you got to play for your boyhood club, being raised on Merseyside, your youth career with Liverpool, starting in the early 70s. You make your first team debut in 75. Talk about what that meant to you, playing for your boyhood club and kind of transitioning that back into the present day. Do you fear that that's at all a thing of the past uh, in, in all football, but specifically in England? It's certainly tougher for um, local lads to um, win a place and, and 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 sort of see their ambitions through, their dreams come through. And when I when I was growing up, I mean, in the book, I, I, you know, I say how close I, I was a few hundred yards away from from Anfield. I you know went to school almost just down the street from the from Anfield, 
Um, so it was the only thing I ever thought about was playing football. All our time was spent playing football in the streets. My friends, some of my friends were Evertonians, and that, that rivalry was just so intense. And um, you, you, you know, you think, well, one day I want to emulate Roger Hunt in St. John, um, but you know, I don't know whether. I ever felt that it would happen. Certainly, people used to say, "Oh, you know, well, I seem to have a, a sort of a, the, the skill." I, had, I was I was picked up when I played for the representative uh, schoolboy teams from under eleven. So uh, people used to say, "Oh, one day you'll be a footballer." But I don't think I think there was still a mystique about how it act, how it actually happened, how you were found by the club, and how you were nurtured and you came to the system. Um, these days, it seems to be much easier to be identified by a club and to come within their coaching and their, their scouting process. But actually to see it through, to break into the, into the first team, I think is, is harder and harder. Uh, there was the young guy, 16 year old, made his debut for West Ham at the weekend. And he was turned down by Arsenal, Tottenham in the area where he grew up and he's ultimately picked up by, by West Ham. And, and 16, he's playing in the Premier League. It's, it, 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 it's unbelievable. It's, you know, it, it's all about opinions, and I think if you, you know, the, the right person is in the right place at the right time, it takes a shine to you, and, and you get an opportunity. But it, it's become much, much harder for for local-born players to to make it through. Particularly, you know, we're seeing that at Anfield and at Liverpool at the moment with a lot of the, it's a it's a huge talking point of, of the of the supporters that there isn't now you know any scouse blood in the team. Liverpool played at the weekend without you know no Liverpool born player in, in the team. Well, uh, first off, thank you for uh, giving that little shout out to Reese Oxford, who we haven't had a chance uh, to talk about the the 16 year old who was rejected by a number of uh, of London clubs, and how good did that feel for him to go into the Emirates and be a part of that two nil unexpected uh, West Ham victory over Arsenal back on, uh, on Sunday afternoon on the north side of London, but, but transitioning right back uh, to Merseyside, and, and you bring up that concern of, of true diehard Liverpool fans seeing that lack of not only just, just that, that, that lack of homegrown, that lack of, of we helped build this young talent. And, and when you've seen Jamie Carragher and Steven Gerrard leave in the last few years, what have you, are there any fears kind of going through your mind? And maybe you can, you can speak for some of the, the supporters that are expressing uh, this type of stuff right now. Is there a concern or a fear that, you know, there, there might never be, be another great uh, Liverpool homegrown player, especially after the, the stature of Kara and, and Gerard and, and the way that they both left. It's, it's amazing, really, because I think, I think the signs were there. I noticed it about seven years ago. There was a game up at uh, Middlesbrough, and uh, both Kara and, and Stevie were, uh, were in the squad, but then they came off the, the pitch. So you had no Liverpool player, and it's the first time we, we'd, seen, we'd ever seen that. And um, I think the club perhaps should have identified at that point, you know, that, that, that that's what the fans need. There has to be some homegrown players in. Unfortunately, perhaps, you know, one or two of the managers in recent years have perhaps looked away a little bit from developing homegrown players as much as maybe they, they, they should have done. Liverpool has always been a football-rich city and, and will always produce football. And I think the fans hope that those 
you know, that, that talent is identified, but it's under their nose. And really, you know, I think they're hoping that we can, we can uh, identify in the, in the, you know, Liverpool lads particularly and, uh, and get them into, in, into the team. And they're, they're, they're crying out for it. Certainly Liverpool fans want to feel that there's a, a Liverpool heartbeat. I think a few years ago when, when Arsenal were one of the first teams to actually play an all continental team. Um, you know, I think that was a fear of a lot of, a lot of clubs in the, around the country, but it, it's, it's happening more and more. And, and certainly, I don't think people really felt that it would ever happen at Liverpool. And the fact that Stevie's left in the way that he has done almost too quickly. And we're there, we're, we're at that point. And, and it will be a few years, you know, it may take a couple of years before really we get, we get some Liverpool boys into the team on a regular basis. There are a couple on the fringe, and that, and that is a good thing. How do you think a club like Chelsea uh, has influenced, be it Liverpool or, or other teams around the Premier League? Jose Mourinho catches a, a lot of flack for this, that John Terry is the last Chelsea homegrown player uh, to, to suit up for a team that has been highly successful over the last decade. Do you think they've had a negative influence on, on the rest of the league? I don't think it's it, it sort of. Uh, I don't think it's influenced quite across the league. I think it, it's it's a glaring example of potentially what 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 can happen. Fortunately, not all the clubs are as wealthy and um, and and have you know the the opportunity to to bring in talent from all over the world like Chelsea have done. Um, there are an awful lot of lads, I'm sure, around. Um, West London that want to play for Chelsea and, and you know at the moment they're not really sending out the, the signs that or the signals that um, there is a hope that that that, uh, that they will promote young homegrown players. Um, but I don't, I don't think you know what what has happened with Chelsea is is unusual. Um, the, the fact that they are so powerful and so wealthy and they're able to um, loan out a lot of their best players, whether or not they they ultimately come back and they and they get an opportunity, I think. That would be better for the English game. I think, as a, as a as a country, we need the top teams to be um, giving English players opportunities. And uh, for the last few years, I think the top teams have, have been a little bit sort of reluctant to to blood English players and, and look perhaps farther afield. But I think that there is a sign that it's, they are trying to uh, address that. I, I think you know, not not sort of in massive numbers, but I think they're slowly trying to integrate more English players into the top teams. Well, David, you, you brought up something there that is really, really interesting. And we talk about the internationalization of the Premier League so much and, and so many different clubs that have benefited uh, from, Liverpool included, from the economic growth of the English game. Now, has the economic growth of the English game been detrimental to the advancement of, of young English talent, in your opinion? Yeah, I would, I would think so. I think if you if you look at the the pool of players that the England manager has to to choose from now, it, it's probably at its lowest level ever. I, w- I would say, and uh, and that clearly doesn't help England as a as an international uh, nation to really compete with the likes of Germany and Italy and you know Spain, the like who really sort of uh, make sure that their their uh, their league is is, is well. Supplemented with, with, with their own nationality. You know, I think England uh, took their eye off the ball a little bit and were, and were a little bit too, too quick to, um, 
fill up the teams with, with with foreign with foreign players. I mean, when you bring in great players in with the likes of Henri and Zola and Vieira and all, and you know people like that uh, ilk, then I mean people don't mind. But I think there's been a lot of moderate foreign players brought into the English game, and and that ha- certainly has sort of restricted the development of of English players. And um, you know, you know the the, the the, the bulk of players have to be, well, they have to be playing at a high level. And certainly players who are in your international team, you would expect to be playing sort of right at the top of your national league. And that, but that's not been the case in England. No, not at all. And, uh, hey, we've got 90 seconds before we got to head uh, to another break here with you, David. So real quickly, shout out to Coutinho, one of the goals of the year in, in uh, the first weekend of matches in the Premier League. But what did you make of Liverpool's performance uh, against Stoke? And, and what do you think would be a successful league performance this year for Brendan Rodgers' gang? Well, it was a difficult game. I don't think people can um, uh, be too critical of Liverpool at the weekend. To go to Stoke on the back of what happened back in May, was, was always going to be difficult. And Liverpool had to go there, remain focused and disciplined. Uh, and I think they started in that, in that sense that uh, they weren't going to give anything away. They restricted Stoke to very few opportunities. They kept them at arm's length. The only opportunity in the first half was by Glenn Johnson. And, um, and I think Liverpool gradually worked their way into the game. And um, obviously, as the game sort of stretched a little bit, then you're always hoping that somebody is going to sort of come up with a little bit of magic, and thankfully, Coutinho is making a habit of scoring spectacular <laughs> goals. Um, he did it again on Sunday, and I think it's a, it's a fantastic boost for Liverpool to, to you know, have three points in the bank, so to speak, and, and going into their second going into their second game, I think it puts a whole different complexion on everybody's um, week. You know, people are a lot happier. Everyone's talking in a in an upward, you know, with an upward beat. So, well, and, and everybody, it, it, everybody, it David as well, also also throwing out that question: Did they deserve to win? Did they deserve the three points? That's why you have game changers in your team. Of course, they deserved it. Did you see the goal? My goodness, Coutinho, you little <laughs> Brazilian magician. We're back after this. More with David Fairclough right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Talking Shankly and Paisley on the other side of this break. Stay tuned iHeartRadio loves music. So let's count the ways. Over 20 million songs from 800,000 artists. All free. And like Pandora, you can create your own custom station from any of those 800,000 artists. Just tell us an artist or even a song that you like, and we'll build a custom playlist for you. Add to that thousands of the best live radio stations, and you'll never have to worry about finding the perfect song for your commute, mood, or party. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download our iHeartRadio app today, or listen online at iHeartRadio.com. Today, more than ever, Americans need a means to protect their life savings. With a troubled economy and government spending out of control, they've been forced to promote loose money policies, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. Birch Gold Group can help you protect your savings by rolling over all or a portion of your IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold. Take advantage of the best gold prices in years and enjoy the long-term hedge against inflation that gold provides by moving into a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Call Birch Gold Group today for a free consultation on how a tax-free rollover to a gold IRA can offer stability, protection, and the peace of mind that your life savings, which you've worked so hard to build, is safe. Call 888-221-0010 and receive Birch Gold's free information kit, which offers the best-kept secrets for safeguarding your savings with gold. Call 888-221-0010. That's 888-221-0010. 
My joints used to kill me. I'd wake up with stiff knees and a stiff back, and it wouldn't get much better throughout the day. I went to doctors and took almost every supplement you can think of, and nothing seemed to help. Then I found something called Oil Can Joint Lubricant. They use only top-of-the-line, all-natural ingredients, and I know many companies make similar claims, but here's the big difference. Oil can ingredients are scientifically formulated to work together faster than anything else in the marketplace. That's guaranteed. I take Oil Can every day. My knee pain was gone in just a few days. So if you have knee pain, back pain, and you tried everything, try Oil Can Joint Lubricant risk-free right now. I'm confident you'll have fewer aches and pains within days, or we will gladly refund your money. Call right now. 800-989-1795. Want to be the next great sports announcer? Check out Rabble.tv, where you call the action. You already know more than the guys on TV. It's time to show the world what you can do by sharing your insights and opinions about the sports you love. Like football, baseball, basketball, soccer, MMA, wrestling, and more. Everything from the biggest matchups in the world to a game right in your neighborhood. Join other Rabblers who are creating a fresh new type of audio entertainment. So mute the audio coming from that network guy who never liked your team anyway, and let us hear what you think. Rabble.tv. Nate Abarea back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio, Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. And now that the first match week of the Premier League is over, we've got several matches to look forward to. This next weekend, there's one in particular that definitely jumps out from the schedule. That is Manchester City against Chelsea. This Sunday, World Soccer Talk Radio listeners, I would like to invite you to join expert Chelsea writer Gary Hayes as he will be sharing his thoughts and opinions during the City-Chelsea affair live on Rabble.tv with Rabble. As you know, the concept is simple. All you got to do, tune into the TV broadcast, press the mute button, and then head on over to Rabble.tv and listen to Gary sharing his analysis. You can listen to his broadcast on your desktop through your iOS app and now through your mobile browser. Plus on Rabble, you can join in by posting your questions or observations in the comment section. Why don't you create your own broadcast? Call one of your team's games. Who's your team in the Premier League? Who's your team in Major League Soccer? Whoever it may be, call one of your team's games. Become the commentator. It's easy. It's free. It's Rabble. You gotta love it. And this Sunday again, join Gary Hayes on Rabble. Sunday, 10.45 a.m. Eastern Time here in the good old U.S. of A. Rabble.tv. It's your team and your call. We are joined in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio by the original super sub, Mr. David Fairclough. Talked all about his book, Super Sub, the story of football's most famous number 12. And there's one story that always stands out uh, for you, David, and, and this goes back to a number of interviews I've seen with you over the years and uh, in our conversation uh, during the last break. A night in the spring of 1977, a famous European Cup tie at Anfield. You score the decisive goal, really the, the, the clinching goal, shall we call it, against St. Etienne in front of the cop at Anfield. We're laughing about it during the break because you literally get asked about this thing every day. So what I want to know from you, and be as honest as possible here, 
Do you ever get tired of watching that goal from 1977 or hearing about that goal against St. Etienne? No, in, uh, in honesty. Um, it's fantastic that it's such a, a part uh, of people's past. Everybody has a different tale. Just a few days ago, somebody said how um, a member of their family had died on the morning of, the, of that game and they were made to go to the game in the night. And the fact that I scored that goal lifted the gloom of the of the bereavement and, um, you know, things, you know, really strange uh, stories. It never ceases to amaze me how many stories of different types of people uh, had an experience of, of that day. You know, it's so vivid and they, they, they feel as if they, uh, they want to share it with me. And the fact that uh, I was a part of that is, uh, is something quite amazing, I have to say. Um, you know, people that weren't at the game even, you know, they talk about their experience, listen to it on the radio, under, you know, having the radio on the, underneath the, the blankets and stuff like that. It, 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 was, it was something that really captured everyone's imagination. And the fact that I think that we ultimately won the European Cup for the first time that year, I think helped to prolong the memory of St. Etienne because it was a key part of obviously the run and, and the lead up uh, to Rome. David, so many people talk about European nights at Anfield, just how special European nights at Anfield were and, and hopefully will be uh, in, in the near future. Um, what a lot of people sometimes forget is that, you know, 77 really propelled Liverpool to a new level. And, and under, under Bob Paisley, what that 77 season meant. Talk about the kind of the, the, the beginnings of European nights at Anfield. A lot of people point to that St. Etienne match as really one that, that you know, shot Liverpool in to, to European uh, supremacy. Well, I, I think that, you know, the, the development of TV and um, obviously the wider spread that, that, that TV uh, had or was beginning to, um, to have in, in, in the 70s helped. Liverpool had a, an incredible night that is, is also well remembered by uh, by the fans in 1965 against Inter Milan. Inter Milan were perhaps the top team in the world at that time. They came to Anfield and it was a spectacular night. Liverpool, you know, threatened to knock Inter Milan out of the European Cup, and, and for a lot of people that was their most famous night at Anfield up till the the, the Saint Etienne uh, night when it, it perhaps began to rival it. You know, some people perhaps still favoured the Inter, Inter Milan evening. Um, but, but, you know, for me, as, as sort of, um, you know, fewer people perhaps remember uh, Inter Milan, St. Etienne is, is still very much a, a part of people growing up with, with football, but thankfully TV was beginning to to help and, um, you know, the, the pictures, uh, you know, and, and the people being able to, to replay um, recordings down the years, I think has really, really helped to relive the some an occasion like St. Etienne. In recent times obviously we've had the Olympiakos evening at Anfield and the Chelsea occasion. Um, and they, they would be they've been fantastic. Maybe, you know, in my opinion they 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 come up a little bit short of, of St. Etienne. But we were very, very fortunate to experience football in the seventies and, and particularly nights like that against St. Etienne and we would love to feel that they're gonna be back again, but um, somehow I, I don't think it, it ever will happen because of the, the nature of the stadium these days, you know, they're much more safer all, all seater stadiums don't just, don't generate the same type of um, atmosphere and, and fervor 
Well, David, you bring up the 1965 famous match uh, against Inter Milan, and Bill Shankly always talked about his his goal of of turning Liverpool into this bastion of invincibility and 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 rising, helping to to rise with Liverpool Football Club and be this this saint of of Merseyside. And then you had the transition to Bob Paisley. And it's such an incredible time in the history of, of a proud football club where Liverpool transitioned from an English giant to a true European power. And this goes all the way in uh, to the early 80s, obviously. What did that transition mean to you, not only as a Liverpool player, but, but as a scouser yourself? When Liverpool became a European power, what did that mean to not only Liverpool, but even to the English game uh, as well? It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's something that we were enormously proud of, to think that you come from Liverpool. Liverpool, at one point, were the, the most powerful football team in the world. You know, discounting Barcelona, they, they, they were hardly heard of. Real Madrid were going through sort of very ordinary times. Liverpool were, were the, the most feared team in the world. And I, I've heard that from South American friends. Uh, when Flamengo beat Liverpool in the World Championship uh, game in Tokyo, they, they, they still celebrated as their greatest ever victory over the mighty Liverpool. Liverpool actually took that game um, very easily. Bob Paisley didn't even want to really play in the game. Uh, or play the game. And, um, and Liverpool gifted maybe the, the World Club Championship away in those days. Um, but we were the most feared team in the world. And to think that, you know, we were here I and mean, then we were living it through Liverpool and that the fans loved it. I mean, Shankly, you know, used to whip the, whip the fans into a, into a frenzy. And, um, he, he often said, you know, we didn't just have the best team. We had the best supporters in the world. And the, the supporters believe that. And I think down the years, they've sort of, you know, maybe we've had tricky times with the football team. The fans still would like to prove that they're the best supporters out there. Now, going back real quick and taking kind of a broader look at European competition, you talk about 1965 and, and the UEFA Cup against Inter Milan, and, and we even let's even go to 1977 against Saint Etienne, and, and we have this idea in the modern sense that oh, you know, European competition was around forever. No, it was it was the late 50s, early 60s when when this idea even came about uh, around uh, the UEFA governing body. And talk about the the history of of not only the UEFA Cup but the European Cup uh, as well, and and how you think it relates to the modern day. Do you prefer the the original format and, and how that competition was kind of designed to to the modern Champions League? And and if you also can talk about just how how fresh that felt, and especially something like 1965 against Inter Milan, where that was a, a, a darn near brand new idea of, of these European powers going toe to toe. Yeah, well, I think people in uh, you know around in England at the time were just getting used to the European Cup, and we were hearing stories of Real Madrid, Benfica, Inter Milan, and then all of a sudden, you know. Teams like Manchester United, Celtic, and Liverpool were competing with, with these great names, and um, it, it was amazing time to, to be a part of it. It was kind of the um, the holy grail, really. You know, the size of the European Cup was was immense, and uh, it just had a whole different magic about um, the, the, the competition and the fact that only the the big teams won it. 
I think made it even more glamorous and, and the one that everybody wanted to um, to win. Um, the fact that Liverpool almost got to the final in their first uh, efforts in the European Cup in in '65 is uh, it was a credit credit to them and a, a, a symbol of of how. Uh, fantastic, uh, you know, Shankly had done to build this team from almost nothing and to have them challenging the best teams in the, in, in Europe, you know, the, the most powerful teams in the world at the time. But I think the Champions League has changed out, out of, you know, it's, it, it's hardly recognizable really, but it's so glamorous. It's, it's attractive the way UEFA have built it, uh, built it up and the TV coverage based around it, the, the, the sort of stage that it's given on the you know, on the weeks that it's it's played, I think is, is very very clever. Um, I, I, I do personally you know think that perhaps the uh, the knockout stage, the the group stages are a little bit sort of too long and prolonged, um, and, and and perhaps it would be better to have a, a, a knockout a knockout system because you know teams you know that they they sort of um, they work their way through the groups. And um, in, in the old days, you couldn't make any mistakes. If you, if you went away and lost two 0 and you were up against it to, to get through to the next round, and I think perhaps you know for purists, I think they would still favour the uh, the knockout situation. David, you're still a writer and a pundit directly involved uh, with Liverpool Football Club, involved uh, with the club website uh, quite extensively. You, you stay involved with the game. Talk about what that means to you and uh, where folks can find your work and uh, perhaps get a hold of you as well on uh, social media. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I had that love the game. I never, you know, although I had the ambition to, to play for Liverpool and I had my spell there and, and then I moved away. I had experiences playing throughout throughout Europe. Um, I came back to Liverpool to settle here and um, the fact that Liverpool now employ me uh, on a weekly basis, you know, <laughs> all these years later, I never I never felt, you know, it was my ambition to, to, to play for them, but I never thought perhaps I would have a, a lifetime of involvement with, with the club in, in a professional sense. So I'm very proud to, to, to be asked to represent Liverpool um, in different types of, types of events with supporters, with sponsors. Um, on their TV station, um, it, it, it is something that uh, gives me, gives me great joy. It's, it's my first love still, and I, I love seeing uh, different aspects of the of the club. Watching young players come through, and you know, cover, we cover them on Liverpool FC TV. So, um, so, that, so that, you know, that, that's a brilliant thing to to, to think that uh, you know it, I'm still involved, and uh, my son is an absolute. Rabid Liverpool fan. It's, it's uh, you know we, we're we're Liverpool through and through, and it's uh, it's it's been it's, it's been a real blessing that the, the fact that uh, I've been given that opportunity. But um, I do love doing commentary work and, and other media work and bits and pieces. So I am um, I'm still uh, you know looking at the, at the game generally as well. I, you know I'm, I'm, I do keep very much in touch with the football scene and um, and I love it. it it's uh, it's a, it's a great way of. Uh, uh, of doing something or, you know, enjoying something that you love being involved on, on the media front. And on, on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, at ddfairclough12? Yeah, that's, uh, that's how, yeah, if anybody ever wants to contact me, that's, uh, that's where I'm, that's where I'm to be found. I'm on LinkedIn as well, so, um, <laughs> I think people find me. Find me there if, and, they're, uh, if, they're, if they're interested. David, before we let you go, uh, we got we got 30 seconds left here with you. Let folks know where they can get the book Super Sub: The Story of Football's Most Famous Number 12. Well, at the moment, it's uh, it's available on Amazon. It, we released it was released on Thursday. Um, 
well, I'm, it, it's going to be an all good bookshops sort of um, imminently uh, as we speak. It, it, it's sort of going into the bookshops, and um, but it, it, Amazon uh, are sort of it is available available on Amazon, and um, I'm going to be doing different signings of, um, uh, around Liverpool product, uh, first and foremost. And um, you know, hopefully we're going to go a little bit further, farther afield. I think there are, uh, there are one or two sort of talks about maybe perhaps going down to Australia and New Zealand in the uh, in the autumn to well, best of do some uh, sort of book signs there. Best of luck with that, sir. You're a legend of the club of Liverpool, and thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. Best of luck. Best of luck on those uh, book tours, David Fairclough. Thank you so much, sir. It's a pleasure, Nate. Thank you very much. Again, cheers to David. We're back after this to close this thing out on World Soccer Talk Radio. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Today, investors need to secure and protect their life savings. With government spending out of control, they continue to print money to cover the ever-increasing debt, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. American Bullion offers a hassle-free opportunity to transfer any portion of your existing IRA or previous 401k to a gold IRA for your protection. Take advantage of the lower gold prices today and enjoy the long-term security and hedge against inflation that gold and silver can provide in an IRA. Thousands of others have trusted American Bullion to transfer their IRAs into gold, and you can too. Call American Bullion today and discover the stability, protection, and peace of mind that a gold IRA can bring. Call American Bullion today at 800-576-1046 for a free consultation and receive their free IRA rollover guide, which offers the best information on gold IRAs. Keep your life savings safe and sound when you can. Call 800-576-1046. That's 800-576-1046 for your free gold IRA guide. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And your insurance may offer coverage. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. 800-521-3214. 
I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven, gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. World Soccer Talk Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. After a long summer break, the European leagues all return to action this month. And what better way to enjoy the best players in the world than by playing one of the most unique fantasy soccer games. It's the Euro Fantasy League. Proud supporters of World Soccer Talk Radio with EuroFantasyLeague.com. Get to select your fantasy team from six of the major European leagues, Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, League, oh, the Dutch Eredivisie, and the Portuguese Primera Liga. Imagine your team of Ronaldo, Aguero, Pogba, Zlatan, Rooney, and Messi, or however you want to mesh it together, all those other world-class footballers. You can play for free or enter... The $1 or $10 games where you have a chance to win prizes ranging from $500 to five grand. That's right, a $10 game, you could win five grand. So many other prize and challenge games. Check them all out. This is your opportunity to show off your European soccer expertise by playing against other fans around the world. It's EuroFantasyLeague.com. Head on over. EuroFantasyLeague.com. For all the fantastic staff at Sports Byline Headquarters in San Francisco, the gaffer Christopher Harris, our guest Liverpool legend, the original super sub David Fairclough, my name is Nate Abarea, signing off, World Soccer Talk Radio. Cheers.